खेल का मैं विलेन हाँ विलेन हाँ विलेन लगूं जैसे अमरीश पुरी अपनी कला को दी है मैंने भी जान फिर भी मिला नहीं है नाम मैंने प्राण जैसे जंजीर तोड़ी ये बोल मेरे अमदर्द कौन अब विलेन लाइक अमजद खान अब बोल मेरे अमदर्द कौन अब विलेन लाइक अमजद Welcome to the 34th, 35th, 36th. We don't know which episode this is of the early 20s podcast. Uh, today, I'm joined with uh, joined by Prabhjot, and with us we have Karthik joining. Uh, Karthik is uh, Karthik has started his startup called uh, Flexible Exhibition. Uh, 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 super excited to uh, kind of uh, deep dive into his bootstrapping journey. His uh startup journey and also a lot of uh i mean i would typically want to go uh to things where which you haven't talked about in 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 previous interviews or previous conversations publicly right uh okay. anything you want to talk about uh your your emotional side uh your personal side uh i mean we're totally open to kind of having conversations which are off the track right uh, uh so welcome first of all welcome to the podcast uh maybe give a quick introduction to anybody who's listening to you for the first time sure thanks a lot firstly for having me it is an absolute pleasure especially to be chatting with uh, bitsens always always exciting to do that uh, it's uh, less regular than it used to be earlier uh, i used to always be surrounded by bitsens and now has right. i move on i am finding lesser of those conversations so it's it's always exciting to have that Yeah. Uh, a bit about me. Uh, I uh, graduated from BITS in uh, 2012 uh, with uh, a triply, uh, what did we call that, discipline or an engineering degree. Right. Yeah. So I never did anything in triply after that. So uh, I got into JP Morgan in the investment banking role. I was an analyst uh, in Mumbai for a couple of years, then in London for a year. and after that uh, i decided investment banking wasn't for me mm. and uh, i did uh, my mba from iim ahmedabad there uh, i decided possibly the typical career uh, that people have uh, is not for me itself so not it's, it wasn't about investment banking possibly but uh, generally being an employee in any other company was probably mm. not for me so i dropped out of the placements within a couple of months of joining iim ahmedabad and uh, since then uh, i've been uh, in some shape or form working on flexible mm. and uh, so yeah uh, during college as you can expect i couldn't do too much but i did enough i think enough to because uh, in the initial years it's all about doing enough to not mm. quit right so uh, that's what i did and uh, very very luckily i found a couple of my batchmates uh, who joined me as co-founders in this journey and it's been an amazing ride since so 2017 is when we graduated from uh, iim ahmedabad and we've been full time into flexible since that point of time and uh, now i live and breathe flexible every moment <laughs> nice man could you uh, go into the go to the time when you decided that uh, okay let's drop out let's start something of my own like what was your mindset at that point yeah i think it wasn't it's it's usually never one moment is it it's yeah. always a build up to it right yeah. uh, and uh, that's how it happens as and i guess for me it, it started in the last year at jp morgan when i moved to london i think i i, I never thought that i would not be working in investment banking at that point of time yeah. i was all for it of course i was uh, never too happy to leave india because i wanted to be closer to my family Mm-hmm. uh but fine i felt i'll find my way back or you know i'll i'll figure it out uh but uh, once i went there and uh, i started putting the hours it wasn't that in india it wasn't bad but there it was a totally different beast altogether mm-hmm. and uh, i never felt uh, i was doing something that was uh, ground breaking uh, for the number of hours i was putting there right and uh, i also didn't enjoy the uh, work environment there as well mm-hmm. right uh, so i asked myself is like like and this i have a general opinion just going a bit off track i have a bit of a, bit of an opinion about you know very uh, you know these kind of consulting kind of roles even ib falls there right we do consulting even in ib you are basically telling people uh, advising them on what they need to be doing around mna and so on mm-hmm. uh, 
I feel when you take disproportionate amount of money as your service fees, right? Mm. Uh, that's when you're forced to show your value in ways which are more than tangible, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, and that aspect of intangibility is brought through. I work 20 hours. I have yeah. worked. I have not slept at all for your PowerPoint <laughs> presentation, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it is so, so that's what I asked myself. Am I doing this to add value to the client or am I doing this so that, uh, you know, I can uh, justify the amount of money I'm charging the client, right? Mm. And I felt it was the latter. And I feel a lot of the work in these domains is in that in that sphere itself. Anyway, so I, I didn't want to be doing that. And uh, so I, I moved back and around that time I gave cat and I got through I said okay maybe that will give me some breathing space to figure out what to do next right, right? so uh, yeah I joined I am Ahmedabad and uh, it didn't seem any different right as in mm-hmm. it was the very first month uh, even before you know you could get to know people around you and like that's where you know I don't think either of you have done an MBA yet right no. or so that's good because <laughs> uh, you know, you've had the true college experience right because yeah. we, we we all understand like when we go to bits and like when we yeah. go to undergrad schools right uh, you actually spend a lot of time getting to know people around you yeah. right it's the education is lesser about the classrooms it's a lot more about uh, you know learning from your peers understanding how to behave in you know social circles a lot of your education is given by people around you not so much in by your teachers Right. And it was very different in IIM Ahmedabad, right? As in like the very first week, I remember uh, it was all about CV points. Like there were already placement talks uh, and uh, and like there was a halo behind every placement coordinator. And mm. you know, it was it was very artificial. And like for me, uh, you know, I, I, I just asked myself, what's the best job I can get out of IIM Ahmedabad? Just to have a very rational, you know, sort of argument right. with myself. And the best job was the job that I had already left at GP Morgan. So, mm-hmm. what what is this all about, right? Like, I can't uh, be fighting for one extra CV point on my CV and mm-hmm. uh, join a particular club or do something so that I, I can add that point on my resume and, like, you know, showcase it in interviews. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it was getting a bit too much, you know, like, all the talk around that. So, I felt the only way to distill my entire thought process and my what I really want to be doing next has to be to separate myself and be as give myself as much distance from all of these things as possible. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not that, you know, right from the word go, I always wanted to pursue entrepreneurship. But at that point of time, for a few months before joining I am Ahmedabad, I felt, yeah, that could be a natural choice as well. Why not? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, once I came there and saw this, I felt, okay, now is the right time for me to jump into this and uh, give it a go. And uh, yeah, that that's when I felt, yeah. So and after that, it was never a question of, okay, let me again and again revisit this decision. It was just that it felt right. I never questioned my myself after that. It just felt right. And uh, yeah, I've never looked back since. Mm. Would you say it was a difficult decision or would you say you thought about it rationally, removed emotions from the equation, your family background, like any resistance? How was it? Uh, See, uh, I think we are forced to be rational people, right? So even irrespective of my, uh, so even if we are convinced emotionally that this is the right decision, you always are, uh, you know, programmed to take a step back Mm. and uh, say, okay, Maybe I'm going to do it anyway, but first let me at least rationally convince myself or at least have a couple of conversations with my friends who might pose counter arguments to, you know, my entire decision making process. Right. So I did that. Uh, no question. I called a couple of my friends. I did that even when I quit JP Morgan and, right. and I had some very interesting uh, conversations at that point of time. Some of my friends were saying, uh, you know, can I, can I talk in Hindi just so that yeah. it is worth it? Yeah. So, yeah. So they were like, I don't just to sort of translate very quickly like it's like yeah i'll regret the decision right like that's what that was what's being said by benchmarking myself against my peers 
and so uh, and that's when i knew yeah that's it you know i have taken the right decision right because uh, i can't like and i've never tried to do that ever right as in trying to benchmark myself versus someone else but that time it became very apparent right as in uh, that i have to do things to optimize for happiness right i can't do things to optimize for um, future social benchmarking mm. right okay. uh, and uh, it a lot of the times we don't uh, keep it simple right we are always trying to say okay you know we need to be logical there are 10 arguments you know we we make a mental powerpoint slide and then we say okay is it the right decision but then at some points i think your emotional judgment is not very off and uh, unless you are really emotionally vested into something i think often uh, things don't work out right mm. because uh, you just lose your will somewhere along the way to mm. give it your best and mm. uh, Yeah, so uh, coming back to your question, like I, I don't think uh, you know there were too many rational arguments that were thrown my way, and mm. I wasn't trying to counter too many as well. Mm. And especially my family has always been super, super, super supportive, right? Like not only at this point of time, but in twenty twelve itself, and uh, I, I actually sat only for a couple of companies on campus in bits. Mm. was at that point of time i decided okay i don't want to get into a course job but i don't know how things are now but uh, then there weren't too many uh, companies that used to visit uh, for a non core as you call it right and especially in the first semester of uh, the fourth year so uh, i had to apply off campus and my father seeing what i was doing is like he was like what are you doing right like as in what what is all this what is this you know unnecessary struggle don't you want to try something in entrepreneurship mm. uh, and i was always into martial arts i was like reading a lot oh. about it i used to do it as well so my father was like how about i fund your journey to china go learn shaolin and come wow. you know so mm. uh, so uh, if anything i was pulling myself into doing traditional things mm. and my my father especially uh, was someone who was force not i wouldn't say forcing me but giving me a new perspective on how to look at things mm. i wouldn't say that his perspective is what pushed me to entrepreneurship i had to take my own journey and figure out all the things that weren't working for me to finally achieve it but mm. uh, you know as you would expect typically people get resistance from their family i found nothing if anything i only found a lot of support mm. right so uh, it's always helpful to martial arts uh uh could you like share how you got started uh do you practice now how's the journey <laughs> so uh yeah so i i i used to do kalari pyo to it if you if ah, you know what it yes. is it's it's a yeah so it's a kerala form of martial arts so i used to do it i used to do it here in uh, koromangala in bangalore in national games village so mm. uh didn't do it for very long i did it only for a year and i was really like fascinated by it and around the same time i saw the last samurai you know how it goes in that age right like you you watch stuff and you are uh, you know you are you suddenly some some things resonate with uh, mm. your way of thinking at that point of time and like of, of course since this podcast also has a lot to do with early 20s yeah uh, you are trying to find yourself at that point of time right like who you are and uh, i don't want to sound too philosophical but yeah at that point of time you are very uh easily a lot of things leave their impressions on you and yeah. that did so yeah so at that point of time i i really wanted to you know explore it of course i didn't mm. uh but yeah i've i've always been a lot into sports I enjoyed it a lot i feel uh yeah it allows me to clear my head uh you know it, now of course i i actually i don't know if it's relevant but like i while playing football i tore my acl oh, uh, and got a uh, got a surgery done and uh, oh, that's when i i sort of uh, realized actually you know like there was there's a fleeting time in between when i joined jp morgan and a year later this happened and i realized that in one that, that one year i wasn't keeping myself as fit as i used to mm. and i think this was this was a slap on my face mm-hmm. and it would it would have been better if that didn't happen but yeah as in ever since i've placed a lot more uh focus on fitness and uh, yeah I, i you know whoever is in their early 20s i can't uh, you know stress how 
important you know it might sound like an old man saying things but you know it's just so important you know we take our uh, health for granted and mm-hmm. and and when we are young right we are able to take that a lot easily right yeah. like you know even small small things you know sitting in front of laptop and working for 10 hours 12 hours is just a lot more easy uh, but like you you've it compounds over a period of time and then you yeah. realize but like yeah uh, it's it's a blessing if you can be healthy and you if you can uh, live life without pain so yeah so yeah not much on martial arts of course mm-hmm. because I are you able to play after the surgery are you able to run Yeah I do I I I do everything almost I avoid contact sports though mm. because I I want I don't want to go through that journey I actually tore my ACL once again last year while playing badminton so oh. my my friends make fun of me saying that I'm getting better at it <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but yeah it's what it is but uh, yeah again over the so the lockdown helped me uh, so mm. I really doubled down and uh, you know got myself fitter I this time I didn't go for a surgery I felt Uh, i can focus a little more on making the surrounding muscles a lot stronger and uh, that's what i've done yes i'm back to running i'm back to doing all the things i used to crazy man uh, i started jiu jitsu this year uh, how's that going good man good but i am also very scared of my knees man every day <laughs> i'm seeing somebody getting injured uh, it's very scary but it's a lot of fun yeah yeah i think uh, you know when when you again and again and again using this phrase when you are young but yes and not that i'm super old but fine i'm 29 uh but yeah 29 is 29 is not old at all i mean yeah i, yeah. I i'm hoping i'm hoping 29 is not old at all that's <laughs> no, no, i i hope so too but you know i just imagine myself you know like about a, a decade ago if i ever used to like even the most craziest of falls right you just brush yourself up you get up and you start playing the next moment yeah. right now you understand the consequences of certain injuries right because i've been through that as well so uh, you are a lot more circumspect about certain things uh, you know in certain certain ways of playing and so on so that's why this decision of not playing contact sports i would doubt i would have taken it if it was a decade back But now Absolutely. I understand that, uh, yeah, I would rather play some sport than not being able to play any sport at all, right? So yeah. I'm like, okay, let's just be a little more, uh, I would say, smart or wise in you know in the yeah. longer term. Yeah. Yeah. At at some point, at some point, I I wanted to do a lot of skateboarding. Um, yeah. But that that was my principal sort of decision again. I mean, I and we like in fact, uh, Shubankar and I used to do a bit of skateboarding in Pilani in like our fourth uh-huh. year or something. But then, okay. but then we 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 stopped. We we were even like started to get into like tricks and stuff. But I think at okay. some point we just like kind of stopped because like one of our friends, I I heard of that friend and he like broke his elbow or something. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so it just yeah. I mean, it, it just does not sound. I, I'm I'm also like all of us on the podcast actually are are a lot into running. So okay. then yeah. then when you have something like running, which is like relatively like straightforward in terms of like I mean injuries can happen obviously but but uh, but unless you really stretch yeah unless you really stretch yourself uh, like as well as long as you're sort of sort of listening to yourself you you'll be okay uh, mm-hmm. versus versus in a sport where you can just bang your body part against something else and and boom yeah. uh, things things are gone exactly so, yeah. exactly yeah that's that's the thing with contact sports right you don't know which person is going to maul you to death that day so, so <laughs> not to scare anyone but yeah i feel Sorry? even more scared when i'm rolling with white belts i'm rolling yeah, with yeah. brown belts super easy uh, yeah exactly exactly yeah exactly but yeah let's see how uh, how things shape up all the best to the jiu jitsu i hope you <laughs> yes, enjoy yes. thank yeah. you uh, why don't you talk about your uh, rocket is it called rocket is called rocket yeah so uh, how how did it come about why did you decide to uh, start this journey and how's it been so far no let's let's actually give me give me a minute uh, before we uh, shift sure. tracks a bit okay uh, so at, at some point at some point uh, i think you said that um, in in iim you you sort of wanted to distill yourself out of uh, whatever like the general flow was uh, what everyone was doing adding resume points and what not Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, maybe at at a bit of a more general level, I I was yesterday thinking about this, and I feel a very similar thing, but for social media in general. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I am is obviously one like one area where like all of us are, all of you are like uh, working towards a common goal, and hence I I can I can understand how uh, people might end up doing the same things because some things work and some things don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think there's a since the world is closer together, you know all of your successful friends, uh, well conventionally successful anyway. Uh, like I, I feel that there's like this similar trend of uh, like everyone just like culturally it's very easy to have very similar thinking like mm. um like and i, I was basically looking at uh, the documentary the great hack or a great hack uh basically mm-hmm. on cambridge analytica right mm. and and how they how I've, I've seen it i think probably a couple of times now but basically what i was thinking was uh that it's, it's not very really hard to predict us like it's it's, mm. it's it's fairly easy. You're not even like predicting each human being. You're just predicting categories of human beings mm. uh, on on a on a relatively handful of um, sort of attributes. So we are relatively quite similar. Uh, and and I was thinking if that would have been the case uh, before social media, for example. So mm-hmm. I guess my actual question is mm-hmm. uh, that how do you with the current trend, I don't know if you are on social media. If you're active on social media, I, I guess you found you on Twitter. So uh, yeah. I'm sure you're. I'm sure you're somewhat active. But like, how do you, like, how do you make sure there's independent thought, uh, yeah. with all the sort of uh, rubble around, if if you may. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, very very good question. Quite a deep one at that. Uh, See, actually, I, I haven't been on social, like, I never joined the social platforms. Uh, they've been around, what, since 20, 2008? Yeah, so uh, I joined uh, uh, I joined Twitter last year. Uh, and uh, as much as I don't like, uh, you know, thinking of it that way, but it's largely been because of Flexible itself, right? As in because I want uh, people to know about Flexible, right? Mm-hmm. I want people to know about the work I'm doing at Flexible. Uh, I don't. I'm not there on Facebook. I'm there on LinkedIn. But once again, from a perspective of uh, flexible itself, mm. uh, I think a uh, lot of my uh, journey, uh, you know, truly of finding myself happened as I said around that uh, leaving JP Morgan, coming into IIM Ahmedabad time, and. Uh, you know, a lot of my friends tell me that I've changed a lot since that point of time as well, right? Because uh, a lot of my friends, like especially in bits, right? When you're there, you're you're with them all the time, right? Mm. So uh, they've seen me a lot, mm. right? And now that they see me, they they see a drastic shift. And I think it takes time for each one of us to find who we are, mm. right? And uh, the the I think the struggle in that journey largely is uh, to know that uh, your self-worth is not defined by what the society tells you mm. uh, is uh, is the norm or is the way to be, right? And uh, and that's not only about career choices, right? It's not only about okay. I, I did a good undergrad degree, then a good MBA, and then I worked in good places and so on, right? It's not only those those aspects. It's about how you're expected to behave when you speak to someone or, you know, how are you expected to communicate your thoughts? There are always a lot of do's and don'ts, mm. right? And, and they are good. I'm not saying that, yeah, to a certain degree, if we want to live in a civilized society, we have to do that, right? As in, I'm not saying that you need to be uncivilized beasts, right? <laughs> but at a certain level, I want to know people as they are, mm-hmm. not as they should be or as they think they should be, right? And I think your question around how do you sort of ensure that you're not impacted by all this rubble and all this noise around you is largely trying to understand who that, who that person is, right? And uh, having the courage to live, be that person. Mm. And, uh, and the beauty is that, uh, you know, people who really like you will like you as that person as well. Right. And, uh, but we, we force ourselves to be certain people, uh, you know, 
who's not us that person is not not you that person is not me as in like you know from each of our perspectives but mm-hmm. we try to be that person because we think that we'll be more accepted right so uh, the lesser we try so that that was like so when people tell me that i'm not the same i was in uh, you know during bits i tell them that wasn't me actually you know like the person who i am today is the true me right mm-hmm. uh, so even and that's not restricted to my friends that's and that's also my parents actually especially my mother right she she says you used to laugh a lot more you used to do <laughs> so so all of those things you know like you're, you're not behaving uh, the way the people your age are supposed to behave you you behave uh, like a person too old mm-hmm. you know and you're not doing the same things that you know your cousins are doing or your you know friends of your age are doing and that's my point who tells us what people our age are supposed to be doing right Uh, you do what you enjoy mm. right and uh, as long as you're not troubling anyone else i don't think you need to apologize for for that at all mm. right and that's when and the thing is that it's it's a very virtuous cycle right mm. because once you start doing something that you enjoy and be the person that you enjoy right uh, you realize you know why why you haven't been like this all your life and then you just start doing more of it and after that n- not much of this outside noise really affects you mm. right like having said that yes i have i i still keep it uh, you know I, i still keep myself very regimented in the amount of social media exposure i give myself and i'm very clear that yes i am i do interact with people on twitter as you know friends and you know people and so on but i just want to know that my uh, myself to know that my self worth is not defined by mm. the number of followers i get there or number of likes i get there or what a person comments on my tweet or you know all those things so there has to be that very clear distinction and it will be tough so i try to keep myself as insulated from that as possible mm. so that's my long mm-hmm. answer to your question mm. i hope it answers yeah definitely i think i think that makes sense so you you mentioned about like uh how you how your friends pointed out that like you've changed so much after that in that in that period right so mm-hmm. in in hindsight are you able to identify how you've changed like 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 apart from maybe or maybe your mother telling you that you used to laugh so much uh like you have to laugh more than you 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 do now uh mm-hmm. yeah so uh, yeah i mean i mean are there things that you you sort of see that oh i used to do that and that's now <laughs> now it now it's clear to me that i used to do it for xyz reason uh absolutely uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you mind giving some examples? Yeah, sure. Of course. Uh, yeah, I, I, I totally do. As in, uh, you know, uh, very lame examples. But like, you know, typically, if you, if you, if you're in a group, right, and whatever group, it's a friend, a uh, group of friends. It might be a group of relatives, uh, family. Uh, you start behaving in a way that. you ex- you think they want you to behave right yeah. like if you're in a in a group of friends you want to be the person who tells tells the jokes all the time right you want to be the funny one uh when you're with your family you want to be the obedient one right like i'm i'm just putting stereotypes but yeah. maybe that was me to a certain extent you know mm-hmm. like if if let's say uh, my uncle is talking to me uh whatever he would say and they like, yeah yeah correct you're right you're right you're wrong whatever right and now i'm very unabashed about uh, giving my opinions straight mm-hmm. face you know it's like hey, it, it is my opinion right like take mm-hmm. it or leave it uh, and it, it's not about being disrespectful right it's about uh, being confident enough to say what you're thinking uh, without you know putting pre like some predefined constraints on how that should be conveyed or you mm-hmm. know should it be conveyed at all and so on and it happened a lot like so if i were to com- i was to compare uh, how i was before and like during ima like i used to be very open with my professors if i felt that a certain course didn't make sense at all in the classroom i used to tell him what i thought right like mm-hmm. there was a course around uh, energy conservation and uh, you know all kinds of corporate uh, ethics and so on and i i asked him in the middle of the classroom i really doubt i would have if i would have done that before but i asked him like you know we print some 100000 books for each person which they never going to see again so so much of paper lost you know and uh, 
we we uh, you know whatever in gujarat uh, drinking is illegal but that used to happen all the time in amdavad in our college right and professors were party to it uh, there was uh, you know there were cigarette shops at the perimeter of our uh, college where of course that breaks the law my point is fine we can we can say okay you know let's it's fine possibly it's fine i'm but my point is you can't have all of that you know right next to you and then uh, you know with a certain bit of hypocrisy come to me straight faced and tell me that uh, you know corporate ethics are important and you need to do this i'm like come on first address the stuff around you and then start teaching me out of books right and i, I and i was really blunt about it i really doubt i would have done that earlier right like these like and i'm sure each one of you would have also had those thoughts right where where you feel where whether it's your elders whether it's your teachers or maybe your boss manager whoever you're like boss you're not living the very same things that you're talking right now so having the courage to just speak it out is something that i've gotten now and my point is i i'm not trying to demean you mm. i'm just trying to tell you what i'm thinking at this point of time which i feel both you and i need to address together if we are able to address i'll be a lot more comfortable talking to you or else at some point of time i will no longer be the person that i am while talking to you because i will have to pretend that all those things that you're saying are things that you actually believe in right and i don't want to be in that that frame of mind at all so all of these these are kinds of things that i wouldn't possibly have done earlier so all those things manifest maybe in me smiling lesser or you know whatever that my my mother notices yeah it makes it easier to have harder con- hard conversations with people let's say in your startup you want to have okay. it makes it easier to have real conversations with people i would say not it's not about hard or easy right like mm-hmm. uh, are you having real conversations right like at the end of the day do you have a friend because you want to call that person a friend a friend right mm-hmm. or do you are you, is that person really a friend right so if that person is really a friend you shouldn't be uh, you know filtering all the conversations you're having with them and that friend can be even a family member if the family member can't hear your thoughts well, what's the point of the relationship altogether all right mm-hmm. so it's about having real conversations and that's where i feel real relationships are also formed i i i believe at least that i find a much deeper connect even with my co-founders because i have very real conversations with them Mm-hmm. i i am very blunt and like even they recognize it and they appreciate it now you know it might be i might be a bit of a tough character to sort of initially get you know understand or even even decode you know mm-hmm. but then pe- people uh, understand you know that they possibly get what's on my mind they don't have to guess mm-hmm. uh, you know what karthik's thinking at this moment and maybe play and strategically go over and that's possibly a good point to go into what you asked me shivankar about okay. rocket yeah rocket right so it, it's uh, of course i didn't think so deeply before getting rocket to be very honest uh, like as a kid i always wanted uh, a dog uh, as a part of our family but my parents were not very uh, you know pro that so uh, sometime uh, you know in 2018 uh, i started talking to my wife and i was like come on back now it's high time let's do something so yeah. we actually towards the end of that year we started looking for a different house a bigger house so that mm-hmm. you know rock, rocket i had named him before i met him so i said mm-hmm. when rocket comes here so uh, it'll be a, a bigger place for him and he he'll be comfortable and mm-hmm. of course my wife was super supportive uh, mm-hmm. and yeah i i don't think she was uh, very you know like i i wouldn't say she was not pro rocket but she was not super enthusiastic yeah. like she was she found her enthusiasm in my happiness i would say yeah. right to a certain extent so uh, yeah and then when rocket came in uh, came into my life and our life i think i realized you know all the things that i assumed would be the case and is the case mm-hmm. right uh, and that's where i say like, like animals are very, and it's not like of course i love rocket like and so i am partial to him but uh, uh but animals in general right like there is no filter right yeah. like they don't they don't scheme they don't mm. strategize they are who they are unconditional 
unconditional like they don't like you they'll bark at you right he'll bark at you right yeah. if he likes you he'll jump on you he'll lick you right there are yeah. there, it's very easy to understand where rocket is in yeah. the entire equation of things right and that's the thing with animals in general as well and i'm not saying that it's wrong to strategize it's just fine but there is always a downside to it right as human beings uh, you don't know what is the purity of any relationship that you're having with anyone at a certain certain level mm. uh, and that is something that i don't have to measure here yeah right because i know that that relationship is very pure and that's why i really enjoy uh, so i don't know if you guys know there is a park here in bangalore called kaban park yeah, yeah, yeah. so i so i took him even this morning to kaban park so yeah. i really enjoy going to kaban park pl- mm-hmm. like playing with other dogs enjoying with them because it's it's very clear right like they don't like you bark um, you know dogs fight you know they they play when they play they, they go crazy <laughs> so it's very unfiltered right mm. and it's very in the moment right mm. it's not i need this at so and so point in the future so let me behave in this fashion mm. right so i enjoy that right it's 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 a uh, it's a good cleansing experience to Mm-hmm. be in that kind of an environment versus an environment where uh, decisions are very measured mm-hmm. and uh, very uh, you know there are always you know when you talk to a consultant they'll tell you there are three points to support my <laughs> you know those three golden three points always so yeah so there are no three points to anything right. it is because it is so yeah so i enjoy that bit with rocket yeah i was uh, i saw a few tweets of yours uh, how is life uh like in bangalore if you have to take him around uh, restaurants or anywhere else like is it becoming more pet friendly or how is it been your experience no see i i actually don't have a benchmark versus any other city of course right mm-hmm. because i've only had him here and uh, but yeah as in uh, why why do why should we need a benchmark right there can be an absolute level of what i wanted to be yeah. so on a level of where it where i wanted to be i think it's far from where it should be mm-hmm. uh i just think yes there are a lot of pet friendly places and all that is good but it's not that i get out of my house to go to a pet friendly restaurant right like i get out of my house to go for a walk with rocket in my neighborhood yeah but people are not super uh, you know supportive mm-hmm. of this entire thing uh and i i can understand both sides of the equation and i'll try to present it but first about the people i like you know even if he's just sniffing around their area they'll be like go away you know <laughs> as if, as if they own the you know public roads of bangalore and they'll be the first ones who come and throw garbage on the main road <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, and this is when of course i i pick his poop and i do like you know i don't know if that's the most uh, uh palatable thing to be talking about on this uh, podcast but yeah j- addressing what should be done right like yeah. i do that and everyone should yeah and uh but but that's not their problem their their, pro- their problem is with the notion of dogs being dirty and that that's just wrong i i just i just think that you know if anyone is clean it's it's dogs right like they're super clean they're you know very clear about how they want to be you know so uh and that's where you you know i don't know if you came across some one of the tweets as well it was i i even say you know people say dogs are unpredictable that's why i'm a little scared of them i say have you met humans <laughs> so oh, what are you talking about all right so yeah so it is a little tricky in that that manner and uh, it gets a little stressful i won't lie you know cuz when i'm taking him for a walk around you know my neighborhood you know at every point of time i don't want to be keep thinking who's going to come out of their house to shout at me you know to take rocket away and i'm very sort of protective of rocket as well right like because he's a happy go lucky chap he's <laughs> wagging his tail and going along like and uh, i also like hardly get out of my house i get out of my house only because of him twice a day now we are on a fully remote company as well yeah. so i work out of my home so i get out of the house in the morning and then in the evening so those two points of time even i don't want to have tussles with people right i would just go rather have a peaceful walk and get back but uh, yeah it gets sort of gets a little stressful and that's where i think possibly bangalore can improve to be just a little more open right like set standards on what should be done what shouldn't so say that yeah these are things that should be done if, if you have a dog but then yeah. let let them be 
right and uh, yeah but i can see the their perspective because there are people who don't take good care of their dog and they you mm. know they just uh, dirty the place everywhere and possibly they are influencing the thoughts of these people but i think there are people on both both spectrums on the spectrum of guys with pets who are not really taking care of them well and people who are just a little too anal about uh, yeah. stuff that they shouldn't be so you know they should be a little bit open about uh, yeah. i mean especially if you're walking like it, this is not like a case where uh, rocket is just going around, going about on his on his own right i mean you yeah. you are there you you are there uh, yeah that's that's uh, i mean yeah, do you have like a chain around him or is he is he just open then Hey, he's on a leash. Uh, see, I mean, yeah, I, he's always well, on a leash. Yeah, sorry. I mean, this, that, that is so restrictive, right? I mean, that is so restrictive anyway. So, it, mm. I, I, honestly, for me, it's very hard to understand why would like a third person care. Yeah, see, that's it, the it, thing, right? Like I mean, that's the thing about human beings. It's tough to decode some of these <laughs> things, you know. Because when you think about it from your perspective, you're like, I just can't fathom what must be going in their minds when they're saying this. Yeah. But there's always a person with that. perspective which you just can't you know fathom at all yeah i mean uh, you you've you've lived in london so i'm sure i'm sure you recollect how uh, so in london like they they have their dogs without a leash mm. uh, and 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 i mean the training is just good enough for the dogs to just not uh, mm. not like not like trigger anyone in particular mm. and i guess the cultural yeah. the cultural thing also sort of accepts it, accepts it a lot so i guess yeah. uh, the the cabin park of london like hyde park you just see like yeah. a bunch of dogs just just running Correct. around without without leashes on and and it's it's really like to like i don't i like the idea of owning a dog but uh, i have not like given it much thought really uh, mm-hmm. but i mean it's just it's just a joy to watch like really so i can i can mm-hmm. somewhat definitely relate to what 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 you're yeah. saying yeah, yeah but yeah. it's i think india india also has like that's uh, probably the stray dog mentality right like i mean there mm-hmm. are tons of stray dogs no one no one no one really likes stray dogs in terms of uh, uh the nuisance that they sometimes cause i guess i guess that maybe yeah yeah of course as in like say uh, i would like to say you know of course my mind has become a lot more open about animals in general ever since you know i have taken rocket home so i observe stray dogs a lot more right now uh, i take care of them as well and i think frankly stray dogs cause very little harm mm. uh they yes of course when they're in groups they bark a lot they might chase a couple of people all of that has happened right but which species doesn't do it man like come on right as in like are we as humans super uh, you know kind to everyone around us we are not right and if you have to really put a measure on that uh, yeah i think they are like miles miles ahead of light years ahead of uh, where humans are in the i would like to say evolutionary scale of kindness right uh, you you you've got to think of it that way like because we basically we humans believe that we have a monopoly on every resource on planet earth right yeah and you say that the street dogs you know like the typical stereotype is the street dogs and whoever are a nuisance but like come on like <laughs> where, where are they to go mm. right like I, i don't want to suddenly uh, you know bring that entire aspect of animal welfare here but like i'm just like bringing that kind of a perspective to you know looking at animals as one other inhabitants of the planet earth mm-hmm. right so they have as much right to be around where they are as mm-hmm. you do so yeah. uh, so this entire aspect of you know treating them as a nuisance is just misplaced i feel mm-hmm. right so uh, you're already doing enough to inconvenience them mm-hmm. so uh, to then also uh, put a blanket term of nuisance on them and to also further ill treat them in whatever ways is just not is just not fair in any any sense of it so yeah i i think yeah that, that's like I, hopefully some uh, years down the line I, i want to be doing something in that space as well let's see what i'm able to do but yeah those are uh, areas of passion i i hope i'm able to get there mm. uh your your life must be very uh, full of love right uh, with him around 
uh, say your marriage. So hopefully, uh, and you're doing what you love, right? It's, it's basically you can say you're kind of focusing on things that you want to be focusing on. So uh, how do you kind of uh, balance your time around these things? So there's work, there's relationships, there's friends. How do you? Mm. Now, if you ask my wife, I don't think she she'll say that I don't I'm not doing a good job at all. So uh, yeah, and to be, if I was to be absolutely fair with myself, I don't think I'm doing a good job with that either. Uh, I take very good care of Rocket because I feel he needs it, right? As in, like he needs me to take care of him. Yeah. Uh, of course, like then that's where I, I think with humans I'm a little bit more. Uh, dispassionate to a certain extent because I feel okay even if I'm not there they'll always figure things out right so uh, but yeah I have to do a better job of that at, at the moment a lot of my time goes into flexible yeah. and uh, I don't know I I, I, I won't regret uh, the, the time I spent there and say that okay oh I wish I would have been I could have spent that time elsewhere I enjoy every minute of it yeah. right so there are no uh, two ways about it. I want to be doing that, not now, maybe as many years as possible, right? But yes, I do realize that yeah, I, I possibly have to find a better balance of even my personal life. And uh, yeah, I try to process things, but it's tougher certain times than others mm. because, you know, there's always something in my mind as a founder. I'm always trying to solve the next problem. <laughs> and uh, you know when I go to sleep even like the last few moments and I tell my wife also and I've told in general like I, I get those problems in my sleep in my dreams as well right you know not that I'm thinking coherently or I'm coming or come up with some you know like any one of those eureka moments in my sleep it's just <laughs> nonsense in my dreams but but it's still like it's playing there as well so what I'm trying to say is that yeah it sometimes takes over various parts of my life yeah right so uh, I I don't want to encourage that kind of a lifestyle to anyone. I don't think that kind of a lifestyle is required. I think people can very easily balance things. Mm. But I have somehow always been that kind of a person where, uh, you know, I just drown into some of these things when I really enjoy <coughs> them. But I, but I think I will find my way you know at some point of time to be able to balance the other things but I, I don't think I'm doing a dreadful job as much as I'm uh, as as the picture I'm trying to paint here but I, I think I, I can improve a lot as well uh, if you're spending Saturday morning going to Cabin Park yeah, this, uh, this is one of those rare Saturday mornings <laughs> so I was telling you guys as well over the yeah. mail chain right? it's been a while but yeah uh, every Sunday no questions asked I go to Cabin Park right like there is, I need that amount of time and like I, I like doing that and I feel I should be able to give myself that time. Yeah, there are times when I say, okay, I don't have energy for that and I want to sleep. But yeah, I try to keep that as a every Sunday ritual. But yeah, now today actually my wife isn't here. So she usually takes rocket to Carbon Park on a Saturday. So today I did that duty. You want to talk a bit about flexible, how things have been last few years? Uh, how has COVID changed things for you? Uh, hmm. What are you guys working on right now? Sure. Uh, see, uh, just to give people some context around what we're doing. Uh, so flexible is an exclusive network of freelance developers and designers. So we're building that, uh, you know, we want when we saw the freelancing space and I wanted to build something there. Uh, you know, I didn't want to be building a freelance marketplace, you know, a plain vanilla one because uh, I felt that it was already out there. And I also felt that freelancing still suffered a certain uh, negative reputation, if I may, right, uh, in society uh, about people taking freelancing as a career, but also companies viewing freelancers as a liability and as people who are less reliable and so on. And I felt that wider reputation of, or the more predominant reputation was because uh, there was no one solution that was ensuring quality in the space. So that's that's the vision with which we started it. And I, on both sides, right? Like, good, like it's not only about great, great people, it's also great people getting the opportunity to work with great companies as well. And that's when there is a balance, right? Like you can't just great people get great people and tell them to work at shitty companies. So... Uh, that's what we've been striving to do and 
as you can expect when we uh, graduated out of IIM Ahmedabad uh, you know people expected us to raise a lot of vc funding and you know get get go down that line of the way of building a company and to be honest uh, i would not say that my entire goal was to always build a bootstrap company right like i told you when i went into iim amdavad my goal was not to become an entrepreneur but i think to a certain extent that's always been an advantage for me because i have not subscribed to a certain truth mm-hmm. of doing things right it's about discovering what works for me right, right? Uh, and i wouldn't say a building a bootstrap company is the only way to build a company uh, but i think for me i would, that's the only way i could have built it right i can't uh you know always uh think about the next round i have to raise or you know constantly keep investors in the loop uh about okay you know this is how we've been doing i like to take uh, you know i like to focus on process as much as i can invest into it and uh, i believe that if i do that outcomes are just a matter of time right like they will come and i can't be in that pressure cooker situation where outcomes have to be forced right uh, and now shivankar because you are in the startup world as well you will also agree that you can't force outcomes anyway mm-hmm. right like uh, money and this is what now four years hence i've realized money doesn't solve problems right throwing mm-hmm. money at problems hardly ever solves it. and i found that constraining yourself and having lesser money actually possibly avoids a lot of problems because uh in constraints your there are certain channels of thinking you can't encourage right so it forces you to be disciplined like for us as i say like we had to make money to survive right right so we went about it in very simple terms right like because typically in the tech world it's what you you start inventing metrics right you're like uh amount of time spent on the platform number of clicks number of eyeballs number of users number of this and number of that what like how does that translate into financial metrics often sort of get watered down so at the end of the day if this is my opinion but at the end of the day if if you say you're building a company and you're not making money for a prolonged period of time it's a good hobby project you've built it's not a business it's not a company right so i think that kind of an acceptance needs to be you know sort of a little more widespread i think the entire uh, media limelight on vc funding is a little too biased in opinion i am not against vc funding i know i've taken it away from flexible i'm talking about building startups in general but but i think building startups the way like building flexible in the bootstrap journey has lot to do with flexible right so that's why i think i want to address that topic of bootstrapping uh so i just feel i'm not against vc funding i just think the people need to view it as one of the hundreds of tools they have on the table mm. right hundreds of tools of growth they have on the table not the only tool of growth yeah. or the only way of growing a company It, that that's just that's just random right uh so like if you giving a very relatable but maybe uh possibly a ridiculous example but like every supermarket or every restaurant you have on your street makes more money than they spend and that's how they build a business so what makes startups so special that they shouldn't be doing those things i understand the concept of scale i understand the concept of you know things suddenly working out at a huge you know at at a billion users level which didn't work at 100 users level but at some point of time the basics of finance have to work everywhere mm-hmm. right and yeah um uh, when we started flexible we did meet we, uh, you know investors uh, we did get calls and we met partners we did all of that but i felt uh that was not a journey for me mm. right i i need the time to figure out this market i need the time because for me it was not an overnight success that i needed i i am in this for the next few decades right so uh even if a uh, 10 years later flexible becomes a big company i have no problem right like uh and neither am i uh, a person who needs too much of money to survive in life 
right? So I can I can push through lean periods of life where there's not too much of money. So there's no there's no like sort of force pushing me towards venture capital funding, mm. right? So yeah, so that's how we built Flexible. It was get one customer, make money from them, get the second one, try to build on that momentum, get ten, get twenty. Uh, understand what mistakes we're making. We made a lot of them. We sort of uh, figured out some themes around which we can, you know, sort of start piling our uh, revenues. Maybe bring a bit of scale, and started infusing tech where we found that there was a certain bandwidth uh, constraint. Uh, rather than tech being the way of growing flexible, tech is an enablement, right? So it it's it's always been that way and uh, yeah now four years into this now uh, yeah we just made uh, you know one million dollars in revenue for the year so it's a good milestone to have but yeah it, like possibly now is when I can uh, you know till this point of time I've never put hard hard coded targets and like if it will possibly bewilder a lot of people out there you know because. You know, you're supposed to have targets. You're supposed to meet them, and that's how companies are supposed to be built. You know, a lot of supposed things to be done, but that's not how we have done it. But I think now we are at a place where we can predict success to a certain extent, predict revenues to an extent, and now we can start aiming and having goals and all of those things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how flexible journey is built. And how big is your team? Are you working remotely? How is the yeah, so we're a fully remote company. Of course, COVID. You asked me about a bit about COVID. I missed talking about it. So yeah, COVID. We we were already uh, very much invested into the concept of remote, right? Because Flexible also has a freelancing platform. We all our freelancers and companies are working remotely. But about a couple of years back in 2018 or so, uh, late 2018, we started remote tools and remote uh, the entire concept around that. We started a newsletter, and we were really fascinated with a few companies in the space like GitLab and Envision and so on, where they have now over a thousand employees across, I don't know, hundred countries, you know, and uh, so many different, you know, cultures and uh, time zones and all of that, and they are running a multi-billion-dollar business. Mm. Right? So uh, it often happens, right? Like uh, where you. You do things because you've always been doing it a certain way, mm-hmm. right? We go to an office because that's how things have been done by our grandfather and then our grandmother and then, you know, you, you know, you get what I'm saying. Generations after yeah. generations have been doing that. So we decide that's what even we have to do. We don't realize that technology has moved to a certain extent where that isn't required anymore, mm-hmm. right? Or it's not a prerequisite. Maybe you do have to do it in certain cases, but maybe it's not needed every time. But we never question it because yeah, we that's become a habit. And for me, all for me and like you know for the education, so once as well, we started exploring it a bit, and we found it very interesting. And uh, we really did feel that the future of work is going to be remote. Right. And uh, of course, we didn't expect it to happen in a couple of years. And of course, COVID accelerated a lot of those things, and uh, it accelerated our uh, you know setup from a remote like in office setup to a remote setup as well so now we are a fully remote team no one office each one of us works from our house or a co-working space and uh, yeah we're about 15 20 people uh, i say 15 to 20 because a couple of people are moving on for further education so yeah so that's our team size at the moment and yeah we're hiring a few people also i think will be uh, 20 in a couple of months anyway so that's our that's our space that's good for rocket i suppose you staying at home <laughs> yeah i is uh, I, I hope so i hope he enjoys my company uh, but yeah it's good for me as well uh, i enjoy his company for sure and even for us when we used to go to the office um, you know we had a person who would take care of him at home uh, but it used to be a little bit stressful whether that person would come that day, if they didn't come, how are we going to take care of him? Will he be alone? All of that. So, yeah, it's good now. I'm there. So, I am his caretaker. I take care of him as well to, my, to the best of my you know, capability. Cody, anything you want to jump to? Uh, no, man. I think 
uh, another thing yeah. in particular i know we're running short on time ha huh, let's close it uh maybe maybe one final question that we will sure. sneak in uh this is one question we ask everyone uh what would you say looking back 10 years ago when you were 19 right uh what would you tell karthik at 19 no and as in like i know it's like it's uh it's sort of not in the spirit of the question but you know we can't live life in, in any different fashion i wouldn't be the person i am today if not for all the journey i had uh but if i have to force myself uh to say something i think as i said be yourself right try to find your voice and be confident in you know being be, being able to accept it and to be able to live it you know uh, i'm not saying that i wasn't confident but i think all of us have a certain percentage of who we are and then a certain percentage of who we ex- we think people expect us to be and that second percentage needs to be as minuscule as possible if not zero right so as early as possible you know it's it's good right and i and i see you know now that i am on twitter i do see a lot of young guys uh, mm. being able to voice their opinions right being able to have a conversation and i'm really uh, i'm surprised in a pleasant way of course and mm. uh, looking back i think possibly i was not that smart at that age to be very honest you know to be able to uh, really understand who i am and to be able to um, enjoy things the way they are supposed to be enjoyed rather than uh, mm. you know forcing societal constraints and you know whatever community community constraints and everything so yeah i i don't mean it to be philosophical in a way but i just think that all of us would be super happy in life if only we were to choose to be who we are rather than whom we are expected to be mm. right so yeah so chase happiness chase happiness all the time chase happiness today and not in a fictional future right like cuz i'm sure a lot of your friends uh would say at least a lot of my friends say uh you know i am doing this so that i can retire at the age of 35 or 40 yeah. or you know i'll make enough money who has seen 35 or 40 right like you know you have not seen it today you are not you know oracle right yeah. so do the things you want to be doing today right who yeah. knows you know like i i don't want to be morbid but who knows what what's going to happen when we are 35 or 40 so live and do the most happiest things you can today if that means you're not happy in your job quit that job look for a different job trust in your abilities right like you'll always find stuff that uh you know you're good enough at to survive mm. right and if you're uh and if you enjoy doing that possibly you don't need the 100 other frills you 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 sort of buy yourself with money right right like your your job shouldn't be the medium of currency that gets you happiness right the job can be your happiness itself mm-hmm. right so uh, why why approach it in an indirect fashion so i don't know if my 19 year old self will understand all of this but uh, i hope he does and uh, yeah if if i were to live life again at the age of 19 possibly some of these things might make sense and i might accelerate my uh, my my finding of myself i think one thing i noticed one thing i've kind of learned from you now is a uh, thing uh, maybe very first principles based thinking so when you said uh, let's say animals are not predictable have you met humans that's a very different mm-hmm. way of thinking that's a very first principle uh way of thinking i I, awesome. i see that in a lot of things that you've said so far just very interesting. yeah i think yeah thanks no, yeah no, that's that's a good observation i guess but yeah i think of course flexible has shaped a lot of those things as well because you have to be real right or else you don't have a company tomorrow mm. right so uh yeah so first principles yeah I even i i learned the phrase first principles quite a bit after actually having used it for a while so uh but yeah possibly yeah, that that might be the way i think and talk 
Well, all the best, man. Uh, and uh, thanks for coming on this call. Uh, very yeah. good session. I just thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Shubankar. Thanks, Prabhjot. Like it was a really amazing time I had here. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. Uh, I just hope that uh, your audience and of course I'm hoping a lot of them are Bitsians as well enjoyed our, uh, our conversation and can possibly take a little bit and uh, apply it in their context and perspective awesome thanks for tuning in guys we will see you soon with another bank